I'm Jessica. I'm Sonia. And I'm Marie. And we are Opinionated Lushes. Like our name says, we drink too much and have an opinion on everything. Once a week, we get together to drink and talk shit. We start our episodes off with a question and a drink word. We usually never stay on topic or wait for the drink word to start drinking. So go ahead, grab a drink, any kind of drink, and get ready to laugh with us and share our drunken opinions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to another episode of Opinionated Lushes Does Books and Booze, where we invite on indie authors. We get to talk about them. They get to read a chapter of their book and we get to hang out a little bit. I'm going to pass to Don to introduce this week's author. Hi, guys. And let's welcome Jin Sexsmith uh, to our podcast and joining us today. Hi, Jin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Please tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how long you've been an author. What's your favorite drink? We want to know. All right. Okay. So first off, red wine all the way. But I also <laughs> oh, yeah. like redneck rosé, which is like three quarters red with a splash of white. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm from Tyndanegamowoc Territory. Um, I have been writing for like a long time. <laughs> um, yeah. I But this is, I just published my first novel so it's a long time coming but yeah <laughs> I know this is exciting I know Jin in real life and <laughs> I saw her post about her book and I was like hey did you know I have a podcast <laughs> that's, that's literally how it went down so so I'm glad I'm glad she's here glad she's here it all works out yeah, yeah. tell us a little bit about your book and what's it about okay so my book is speculative fiction it's called in the hands of men and it is about a virus that kind of ripples through the through society and is devolving men into animals. And our protagonist, Delilah, has had a very, very traumatic upbringing. Um, she lost her cousin at a young age. She is a bit of a, a bit of a serial killer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> serial killer. Um, yeah. So uh, it's, it's a trip for sure. <laughs> That sounds exciting. I'm super <laughs> glad to hear about this one. <laughs> it's a good one. It's I feel like it has a lot of subject matters in it that are very prevalent today. And I, what I always say, because I do think I'll get flack from people saying that I hate men or whatever, which I do not. But if I can go a 24-hour period without hearing of a man doing something absolutely fucked up and violent, maybe I won't <laughs> write about this kind of shit. But so far... <laughs> So far, I'm still writing, baby. <laughs> they make it too easy. They to do. They really do. Why are they so emotional? Like, seriously, <laughs> just just chill out. Right? And, yeah, the, the anger, like the anger issues is just, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's unhinged, right? Men so. can't take jokes. That's no, apparently it. No. So. <laughs> thing, like, even writing this, like, I was like, there's so many things in there that I was like, I know that. I'm probably like, well, I guess I don't know, but I have this feeling that I'll get like death threats from it if it takes off it. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. always, 
you can critique men for being violent and they come back with, I'm going to kill you. And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm not violent. Now let me like wish harm you on you. You made me violent. Yeah, that's what they're the thing, saying. Right? Yeah. I'll show it's you violence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Men, once again, not taking the blame for anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I feel like I I feel like I described the book in a like I feel like I described the book in a really poor way. Do you guys want me to read the back of book for you? The yeah, book? If you want. Right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. So it's haunted by the loss of her cousin. Delilah has curated a world of revenge, playing judge, jury, and executioner while, you know, searching for love. Maybe murdering gives her the control she craves. Maybe it fills the gaping hole that Cedar left when she disappeared. Maybe this rage is ancestral, dating back to all of the indigenous women before her whose cases were closed without much of a search. Delilah's never been caught, but as a new virus ripples through the world, devolving men into animals, she gets a little sloppy with her vigilante justice. As the world burns and society is on the brink of collapse, Delilah starts to wonder if she's one of the monsters too, or if she's just taking her power back from the hands of men. (laughs) Nice. That's a good blurb. (laughs) What? Okay, this is my favorite part so far of just seeing the cover. Uh, the tagline. Boys will be boys. Men will be animals. <laughs> yes. yes I read that. And I was like, yes, I love that. Because and like it sounds almost like a, a woman's rage sort of it genre. Was- and I feel like that genre of music. That's picking up. Movies. Yeah is just like start it's like yeah we're fucking angry <laughs> exactly right it's so like i thought it was funny because i was all done the novel and then like scissors like kill bill came out and then t swifty's um vigilante shit came out and i was like oh <laughs> we're all fucking pissed and, like, yeah. oh. and it's so funny my dad the like a couple weeks ago was like are women getting really angry and i was like yeah they really <laughs> are my mom's like sitting there sipping tea like yeah we're fucking fed up <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm going to read the drink words and then we can get sure. ready to hear uh, the first. I believe you said you're reading the first chapter. Yes, I am. Yeah. OK, so, yeah. So the first <laughs> chapter of your book. So everyone listening, the drink words are drunk, camera and control. So yes. I'm going to mute myself so you don't have to hear me sloshing my liquids. <laughs> and uh, feel free to start whenever you're comfortable. Alrighty, I'm excited. Chapter one. (laughs) Polaroids lie scattered across the orange shade carpet, a slideshow of the night before. I stare down at myself, at the vacant eyes looking past the camera, and truly see what I was feeling. How the pleasure turned, as always, and left me feeling sick. Another failed attempt at saying no. Another mistake added added to the list in the name of a good time. All to suffocate my boredom, to distract myself from myself. From her, Cedar from who I could have been, from who she wants me to be, from this grief that never ceases raking its sharp nails along my insides, all in the name of instant gratification, much like the quickly developed images themselves. I think about placing them in the box at the back of my closet, but change my mind at the last second. I'm not ready to hide them away yet. I want the night to stay fresh in my mind. I was already drunk when the breaking news skittered across the TV screen, perched behind the bar, drowned out by the sounds of Saturday. A hush fell over the room as the piercing squeal of an amber alert possessed our phones, the screen flashing. This is a test. The laughter and clinking glasses trailed off as the bartender turned up the volume. Women are being urged to stay home, to stick with buddy systems if they must go out. Men worldwide are suffering from rage outbursts, sudden acts of violence, the news anchor warned. 
The cause unknown. Stay tuned for further development. Sounds like my father, I thought, as a clip rolled of a chubby middle-aged man taking a crowbar to a sleek black Nissan. The woman in the driver's seat set into an open-mouthed look of fear and surprise. Too similar to that Pikachu meme. The nervous tension that had begun to hang around our shoulders shattered once the laughter resumed. It felt good to laugh, to not think of my father's quiet, simmering rage and the looming sense that no matter what I do, I'll never live up to his expecta expectations. It felt good to distract myself from this new hell that we were all racing towards. We locked eyes over our beers. He was attractive, but lacked the kind of charm that would make him gorgeous. He didn't really like me. He was just the sort of man that rarely slept alone. I could tell, however, from the ease in which he spoke to me that he had a big dick. I intended on leaving after the first beer he insisted on buying me, but he sidled up the next one beside a shot of wild turkey. Cedar told me that there's a thin red line between brave and stupid before she turned in for the night, leaving me to howl in the face of danger all by myself. I think she knew immediately that I'd take him home. A twins of shame pricks my stomach. I stifle it as I stare at him, as if he's not just another man I've used in hopes that he'll make me feel full, but instead a subject I can evaluate, pick apart. His breath is ragged, one deep inhale, one quick exhale catching in the middle. A quick inhale like he's gasping for life after nearly drowning followed by a long exhale. It fills my, my small bedroom with the smell of his stale whiskey breath. At least he's breathing. I glance around my room until I spot my camera perched atop my dresser. It's the one thing I always manage to keep safe. My name would be proud, if only, of that. His arm is carelessly tossed across his forehead, dampened with a hungover sweat that gives his face an ill reddish quality, not blue. He's conventionally good-looking, his jaw jutting out even in slumber, blonde hair falling across his forehead, full pink lips slightly parted by his breath. His shoulders are broad, muscle rippling down his torso and hiding beneath the covers. But he's ugly too. I take a step closer and take another picture, the camera whizzing and churning to the point that it, I think it will definitely startle him awake. He doesn't budge as it spits out a dark, developing image. I gently shake it in my hand even though I know it doesn't make it come to life any faster, even though I know it only makes it worse. I've become a collector of sorts, of men. Who would I be without them? I don't know. My face tingles the earliest warnings of a hangover. Last night feels like weeks ago. It wasn't me who met him at the bar, who spilled into the cab beside him, my fingers fluttering like a bird to the fly of his jeans. It was the part of me that is most in control when out of control, only living for the thrill that much more intrigued because the newfound hint of a threat. Maybe it was Cedar, experiencing moments that she'll never get to regret risk-free. My bed and the man inside are still enveloped in the comforter Cedar and, you, Cedar and I used to tell ghost stories beneath when we were kids, when we had our entire lives stretched out before us, before we became ghost stories ourselves. I try not to listen to the little voice that says part of me likes imagining my sexual encounters degrading me raping me, killing me, a faded karma. That same voice says I, I like thinking of my sexual encounters pushing me towards a point of no return. Despite my head feeling foggy, the night is still in one piece, some moments a little blurrier than others. So many of my nights are lost forever, a looming black hole of mistakes and shame. It gives me a misplaced sense of pride. I glance at him again, remembering how his eager confidence was a pleasant change from the aloof, insecure boys with whom I so often spend my nights. Maybe I prefer them self-conscious and cruel. Maybe those ones let me see myself. I can feel it still, his hand around my neck, 
the churn in my stomach and yet the curl of my toes, the goosebumps that crept up my legs, my back, my arms until my scalp buzzed. They're not dangerous as long as you keep them happy, I thought, truly hating myself. I hate that I'd do anything for that rush, even if it leaves me a little, little more hollow than before. Even if I'm the one in control of my own erasure. Lately, the emptiness doesn't lurk around to slink into my bones the next morning. These days, it hits during, as quickly as switching positions. I'm present, and all of a sudden, I'm not. I'm stuck in my own head, letting my body take over while my mind huddles in the corner and watches. I call it freedom. It's a lie. But it's a less of a lie than what the women from the bar tell themselves. I saw them last night. The kind of women I can never meld into when they're in a group. The kind who think their snarky looks are completely hidden behind sips of vodka crayon. A group who has probably known one another since high school, all married with children. Women who never miss a salon appointment or a spin class and do brunch with the besties on Sunday. Women who judge girls like me. Women who will never utter the words intersectional feminism, who only drop the F-bomb when saying not to be a feminist, but women who will never admit that their husbands don't make them come or that their children were a mistake. Women who know that even if their husbands cheat, they'll never leave. They're not free like me. Yet when his eyes are on me and he's pulling at my shirt and making me lie still while he stares, while he parts my thighs and inserts his fingers, I surrender every ounce of willpower I had when I was dressed. When he puts his wet fingers into my mouth and his grip tightens around my neck, I fully realize that to him, to them, I'm an object. I'm nothing. I tell myself that he's an object too, my object. But there's a glitch, and I don't fully believe it. Or even if I do, I don't think that being objectified will feel the same to him as it does to me. It doesn't threaten him. It doesn't chip away at his potential. Maybe I'm not free either. Maybe we are all snared in different traps. Maybe I don't like this lifestyle as much as I think I do. Maybe I envy those other women. Some of them must be satisfied, right? Maybe the lazy Sunday mornings and baby talk. The knowledge that there's someone out there thinking of me for more reasons than getting underneath my skin will fulfill me. Maybe if I could settle down into the cozy comforts and safety of a relationship, my eyes wouldn't wander to those of a stranger. I wouldn't feel him inside of me after one lingering glance, but it feels so good. Maybe I could halt the thoughts of someone else in moments of intimacy. Maybe I could know how I'm going to feel after and make better decisions before it's too late. But no part of me can stop once it's started. Instead, my eyes close, my head tips back, and a guttural moan escapes my parted lips, and his eyes are scorching. Maybe they're all the same. Maybe they'll all leave me lonely. Maybe I'm no better. Last night, he winced as he came. Pleasure, conquer, accomplishment. I couldn't even speak. I rested my hand across my chest, but he quickly pushed it back to my side. Don't cover yourself up. That part I remember. The cringe of my guts, this ownership he had already, he had only after a few hours and an orgasm. All I could do was laugh because what else was there to see? I give them everything. But he was serious. I hated myself as I let him push my arms while he called me beautiful. And the entire time I knew it was more for, him, more for himself than it was for me. I could be anyone as long as I let him inside and made him feel like a man. Welcome home. Make yourself comfortable. No need to take off your shoes. What must that feel like? Women bending and breaking and shrinking before you. It must feel powerful. The floor creaks beneath my weight as I slink to the doorway on my way to the bathroom. He lets out a soft snore, gentle as the coo of a dove. 
My sink has a soap scum ring that catches a little more dust and makeup each day. I could have scrubbed it when it started, but I let it fester. It's a theme of mine, this longing to deteriorate. The rest of the bathroom is clean, polished tub and toilet. The grime juxtaposes as if I'm close to getting it right, but won't let myself fully cross over the line to become responsible, sane. There's a wickedness in my reflection. She's someone utterly terrifying and hurt. Her eyes are too green. The little line between her eyebrows gets the deepest when she speaks to me. She calls me a slut the way all of my closest friends have. Ex-friends, the little voice hisses as I pretend that I don't feel silly and stupid and sad. Her eyes hold the same fire as theirs, these women who I thought knew me. I hate her with as much passion as I want her to love me. If I could flip the script and become her, I would. I've tried, but I can't. Well, good morning, beautiful. I hear him before I see him. The jolt of surprise mor morphs into the heat of embarrassment as I drag my eyes from hers and meet his in the mirror. He's in the doorway, already erect, and I want to belittle him, but I don't. I feel the sickening fake smile creep across my mouth before it even becomes a conscious thought. Has he ever had someone he loves cut him up into tiny, digestible, bite-sized pieces? He strides over to me like he hasn't. My eyes lock with cedars for a quick second. They're seething. She expects so much more than I'm willing to give. I know you, she says. Cedar is the only person I cannot lie to. She is everything I want to be. She feels like a kick in the ribs. I watch my shaking hand squeeze too much toothpaste onto my brush. When I run it under the water, a clump falls to the sink, becoming one with the grime. I shove my toothbrush too quickly into my mouth, the plastic banging against my teeth, and I want to smash the mirror when I see Cedar's eyes flicker. You're better than this, they say. She wasn't always cruel. Life has a way of shaping us all. She did, however, always have a bite to her. My hygienist told me I need to brush softer. We only get one set of gums, she said. But maybe I like the taste of blood. Maybe I want to be all fang. Maybe that's what Cedar expects of me. He's looking down at my ass, this near stranger who I let inside. If I don't squat three times a week, it dissolves as quickly as, quickly as it plumped but he seems to think I was born with it as he grabs hold of my left cheek, shaking it like a gift. Fuck, you're hot. I mutter a thank you amidst this mouthful of spearmint suds. Men look at body parts the way little boys look at toys scattered across the sandbox. Eyes full of smug innocence and wonder. I always end up with sand in my mouth. I lean forward to spit and the arch of my back must be as good of a welcome as any because he jerks my pajama shorts off with one tug. My toothbrush falls to the sink. I place my hands on either side of the porcelain and don't meet my eyes. I can't stand the look of disappointment. I wish I could shed myself the way a snake sheds its skin. I wish I could shed cedar too. Where the fuck did you go? The voice asks. Who the fuck have you become? The news says that you'll be able to recognize the sickness, that it causes a lack of impulse control, but that's nothing new. I've seen much sicker. Later today, he will tell his buddies all about the slut he met at the bar. If he likes me, he'll omit the dirty details and tell them, man, this girl was right on. Tonight, I will romanticize how we fucked in my washroom. I will tell myself that I wanted it. Tonight, I'll touch myself as I think of it. I'll claim it. I'll whisper my own name as my legs begin to shake. I'll pretend that I've always been and always will be in control. When he's once again dressed and as calm as a sunning cat, and I've cleared my throat four times, and mentioned twice about having to work later, he finally makes his way out to the door and down the apartment stairs. He's bright and shining in the mid-morning sun, lingering on the front stoop of my apartment building. 
I want to call him Justin, but it could be Josh, Jamie. We had so much fun last night. You got to give me your number so we can do it all again soon. It could be cute how we sandwiches our identities together in a plural pronoun, but it isn't. 8675309, I say with a smirk, wondering if he's old enough to hear Tommy two-tone in his head. Jenny, I need your number. His hand is outstretched, Samsung Galaxy resting in his large palm. I type girl from bar and hand it back. He doesn't take his eyes off of mine as he slips it into the back pocket of his Levi's. If I were eager, he would have left before I woke up. But there's an indifference about me that makes men constantly want to tear the, off their jackets and throw them at my feet. If for no other reason than to bring about a desire they can then reject. I come off as confident and cold, and to the unsuspecting eye it looks like power. If I let them get to know me, they'll realize that I'm drunk too much of the time. They'll begin to see it for what it is, a weakness. I hope you have a great day, I say in lieu of a goodbye, my hand already on the door to steady myself from the dizziness of too much booze that the sunshine exasperates. He places his there too. I hope you have a great day. He could have emphasized the you, but he didn't. His eyes are alight. He wants to knock me off my feet, patronize me in a way only my daddy can. What part of last night rests beneath his tongue? What part of me will tickle his subconscious for the next two weeks? Does he think of me as courageous? Rebelling against societal fear, letting him in the only way I know how? I look at the bubblegum pink polish on my toes, suddenly demure, it must work. He leans forward and tucks a strand of hair behind my ear resting his fingers on the back of my neck until I meet his eyes, an attempt at tenderness that comes off as forced. He kisses me on the cheek as if he's off to work, mouth already salivating over the pot roast I'll have waiting for him at six o'clock sharp. I can't wait to see you again. I remain silent, all at once taking our firstborn out of his car seat and backing over him in the driveway. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah. Like that was yeah. like, like that's chapter one. I was like, okay, we're getting pretty much so much character development already. Like, <laughs> I was like really trying to decide and I was like, I'm just going to start off with chapter one, you know, like, let's just, let's chuck y'all in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, straight in. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, did you guys women- drink? Did you guys get the drinking words? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We've been we've been drinking. Don't you worry. Don't we're yeah. professionals. Mine's just a really wonderful. big glass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm on like drink two. We're good. Okay, wonderful. I was like in my own little world. So I was like, are they drinking? Are they? Yeah, are yeah, they yeah. liking it? Oh yeah. No, no we were drinking. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Love it. I feel like a lot of women are gonna read it and almost see themselves. Like having either felt those emotions or gone through a similar experience and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then I feel like a lot of men will read it and go, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What what I'm hoping is that men read it and they they also see themselves and we're like, oh my God, am I that fucking cringy? Yeah, they they actually see themselves in the guy. They're going to think what women actually think like this. Like they're not thinking, oh, we're so hot too. No, we we think like 
okay, get the fuck out of our house now. Like, we're right. done with you. <laughs> right? Like, the, the next morning when you keep clearing your throat, like, that's just... Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's have to go to work, Bye. Right? So, like, that first chapter, it's so funny. So, I wrote... So, like, my first novel that I wrote when I was 21... And it was also called In the Hands of Men, <laughs> but it wasn't at all the same story. But that first chapter started off after a one night stand that I just like was like, what the fuck? And I just like sat at my desk, just like, <laughs> I was like, I have to write this out. And then so I've, and I've never been able to shed like a little bit of some of the anecdotes from that very first chapter. <laughs> Because like, I just remember like, yeah, like, like, I feel like that's so prevalent of like men trying to like push your arms or like don't cover yourself up or like how they're calling you beautiful. And you really feel like it's just for them. Like they want to be like, mm -hmm. I slept with a hot girl last night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I told her she was hot 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they like, right? <laughs> She's taking it as a compliment. Didn't she like <laughs> was, on the floor? I was yeah, so she had a great time, her. right? Like, <laughs> uh, and of course, like the way he grabs her ass, like too, like, yeah typical like, male thing yeah shaking it like a gift right yeah that's so i loved when you said how the you know the character has to do like squats constantly to keep that up while the man yeah. just thinks that's bo she's like born, born that way it. yeah it's yeah. like when you ask men what type of makeup look they want and they say natural but then then you show them a no makeup face and they're like <laughs> not like that yeah i know i want like some makeup just natural just makeup. natural yeah, they don't even have a clue right? no no fucking clue you know exactly because i yeah i find that like that is another huge thing of being like oh like your body it's like well that's like i'm like a, i'm a string bean also like, mm. so, like i wrote my character as a string bean because i'm like i know i know that life <laughs> <laughs> right what you know yeah well that's what, what they say know. apparently <laughs> I'm not I'm not blessed in those kind of ways. So. <laughs> so how long so you said you wrote kind of, you know, at least the premise of that one night stand like before when you were 21. How long did it take you to write this version of in the this hands of version? Men? Honestly, it came together pretty fast. I want to say I, it's kind of confusing. I want to say 6 months to a year cuz I initially wrote this novel as a screenplay. I wanted to just get all the action out. I knew exactly kind of the storyline I wanted to go with. And then, so I wrote it initially as a screenplay. because so I was like, I'll be able to get all the action out and I'll be able to see it. And then once I had it, I was like, oh, I just, I need to flesh it out. Like I need to flesh out these characters. <laughs> I, I just needed to. So it, but it was about probably a year, I would say like okay. with both of those things, you know. Do you have a certain ritual when you write? Like, do you have like, a certain pen you have to write with? Do you have a certain drink beside you? Is there some sort of like ceremony or whatever when you start writing? Not like, not particularly. I feel like I have like, I usually have like a little candle. I usually have like my little like, my little like abalone shell that I like smudge with sometimes if like I gotta get, gotta clean my own fucking energy <laughs> to get in the right headspace. Um, and I find I have to be very, very structured. So I have to like get up at a certain time. I can't really talk to too many people. Like I need to just get my coffee and go straight to work. Yeah. Um, I find that if I don't do that and I, even if I go on my phone, you know, message people back or something, it's like I lose that like creative thread. And then the mm -hmm. whole rest of the day is more of a struggle to get it out. Where if I just immediately make some coffee, you know, 
trudge in here in my tracksuit <laughs> and like light up my stage and light up my candle, that's usually pretty good. So it's kind of just like prepping the space a bit, but yeah. yeah. That's good. It works. It works. But I feel like sometimes I'm going to ask. So I'm like, like not letting anyone speak. Like, don't talk to me. I'm, I'm <laughs> in my zone. Don't talk to me right now. Just, they'll be, the, it'll be their fault if the book doesn't get finished. You right? Know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Do they want that on their conscience? They don't. Not. They really do not. You know? <laughs> what was the hardest thing about writing this book? There, it, it is, it is such a traumatic book. Um, so I just think that there are, and even even like traumas in there that are not my own, that are fictionalized, but it's just so heavy that there was times, and like I felt like I really fell in love with the characters and I got so attached to them that there are some scenes that like even editing, reading over, I'd be sobbing. And Aww. yeah, I would be crying <laughs> so hard. Like, and it was always like the, like there's some like little moments between Cedar and Delilah um, that just, oh, they got me. And I don't, I don't, I hope that will, like, I mean, I, I guess I hope that'll be the same for the reader. I don't know if it's just cause I'm so close to it, but um, those were probably the hardest part. And then, I mean, there is, there's so much, um, you know, sexual abuse and there's rape and sexual assault, everything in that. So that's, you're having to go into those memories yourself or just fictionalized versions of, you know, I think that as women, I, I honestly don't know a woman that hasn't been sexually assaulted. Um, so I find it, it's like, we're all very connected by our pain, but it is still so difficult to read and write, you know? So I always want to warn people about that, that I think that this book is, it's traumatic and it's triggering, but I think that it's necessary. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one reason, like, even in the beginning, uh, when we were talking about woman's rage, how's the, how it's becoming such a genre of its own. Yeah. And the issue is, is because it's, like, collective generational trauma mm -hmm. that 50% of the population are experiencing. Exactly. Like, that's right. huge. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there's a, there's a line in there that says, like, I'm not a victim or a survivor. I'm just a woman in this world. And I think that is very relatable that, like, yeah, we're not, we're not victims and we're not, I mean, we're survivors. We are like, we're, I always have that, always have an issue with when people like argue of whether they're a victim or a survivor. I'm like, we just are like, we're just, yeah, we're just being, you know, yeah. we're just out here. Like we didn't ask for any of this shit, you know, honestly. No. So like, I didn't need to survive this. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would have preferred not to, no, I like, that, that would have been nice. This, you know, like, yeah. I, yeah. like not to have had to be put in those situations, you know? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Is there, uh, sorry, so I might have misheard. Is there a clarification who Cedar is? Like, do they have, does she have, the character have multiple personalities? So that's or the thing. It's very, it's very kind of elusive in the first chapter. So it's it's meant to read kind of a little, it, it has elements of like psychological thriller that we're not completely sure what's going on with Delilah right now. Okay. Yeah. So you're telling me to read your book. I'm telling you. <laughs> if you read it, you'll know what's going yeah. on. But it, right. but it is one of those things that I'm like, I know like the first chapters and stuff. It's so like, yeah, you're, you're kind of questioning like, is Cedar there? Is she having some like mixed, like, you know, multiple personalities? Like what is, what is happening? Is she possessed? Like what is happening? Or was that it a past person that she just like keeps as like in the back of her mind? for advice like I thought it was like a stepsister or family member that she or a close friend that she yeah. had before mm -hmm. that's talking to her like in her mind yeah 
Yeah, so yeah. like all of these things, all of these things could be the case, you know. <laughs> like, just read the book. <laughs> yeah, I, left it, I left it like almost kind of like I think it, it kind of is confusing, but it's confusing on purpose. So like, yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, you get said- everyone read the book. <laughs> yeah. uh, you said you you wrote it to kind of be actionable, like as a screenplay. Do you yes. think you'd ever make it like a movie or a short film or something? Since you've kind of already completed like a screenplay idea I- of it. Yeah, I would love to. I um I ended up going back after like the novel, like the final draft was done. And I went back and I rewrote the screenplay because there were changes that happened um as I was writing the novel. And so I went back and rewrote the screenplay. And like actually there's um there's a bit of like interest in it right now from like like companies. Are you allowed to say? <laughs> I, I think I'm allowed to say like there's there's interest from the same company that made Twilight. And I think that it might be too heavy for that, but like Temple Hill is interested in it. <gasps> That's so maybe they're trying exciting. to get yeah maybe they're trying to get into the heavier spiel they're trying That's to the get thing. Into- they do have some heavier things right they also yeah. made my favorite movie a fault in our stars which you know <laughs> that's pretty heavy yeah, that, that's, that heavy. One is that's, a that's a heavy movie yeah. so um yes there is interest in it um and i don't know if they would they probably have writers for like they probably want to rewrite my screenplay but i i'd want to like keep my thumb on it too <laughs> yeah, yeah i know that's yeah. always the hard part i think with like making deals with like those kind of people is they they will fund the project yeah which we right. always need <laughs> but then it's like sometimes they can kind of almost take over the creative process which exactly. becomes difficult yeah yeah and so. that's, that's always scary for me because it's like my baby and i i really like i have i have such big ideas of how i want it to you know be portrayed and everything so and even like down to like casting and stuff like that well i was just about to ask who who would play like delilah play delilah like we, yeah. we would need we would need like a white passing indigenous actress to play delilah um we'd need to search for her um i want to tell like i feel like it's later in the book of like but there's definitely a timothy chalamet part in this <laughs> <laughs> yeah he has to be in everything right now. You hear so that, Timothy? <laughs> yeah, we need yeah, you to work. in my mind. So. <laughs> yeah. Why not also put him in my movie? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> what advice would you give an inspiring author? Keep writing. Honestly, just like, just keep writing. Because I feel like your craft, like you, you improve so greatly if you just stay true to it and as you develop and as we all grow as like we grow and change as humans I find that like and and we have more experiences our writing gets more interesting and but you just have to keep at it keep working at it and there's going to be so much rejection and it's such a daunting ass process (laughs) but just keep at it I know that's kind of boring advice but I think that that's you know what you're not the first person to say it like every author I think that's come on here initially says just write just write yeah and so like I remember yeah right so I remember reading I think it was like Stephen King's on writing and that's kind of what he says too just like write every day set even like just something just make sure you're always writing so I went for like a couple years and I didn't write and I didn't really read and that's another huge thing read read a lot because I feel like when you're reading it's just you know, you're thinking in, in the kind of, you're thinking of books, then you're thinking of sentence structure, <laughs> you're thinking, you know, so um, those would be the two things, but, and also just like read Stephen King's on writing. So that was also. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I like watched uh, a thing, but from R.L. Stein, where he mm. gave like was it the master class? Because yeah. I watched the master class <laughs> with R.L. Stein. <laughs> yeah, but there was like one a few years ago. With like it was like I was maybe still in high school. So oh. like that was a that, that's a little more ago. than a few years ago, Sadia. Yeah, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> She's a but, baby. Like, she's a baby. But I feel like R.L. Stein is just Stephen King for kids. So like it's exactly. funny that they have yeah. like the same advice. It's just yeah. keep writing and reading yeah. this. <laughs> and that's the thing, because I feel like they both they both just kept at it too, right? And like, cause Stephen King. Hopefully, like I'm right about this. Hopefully, I'm not just like fucking spreading <laughs> misinformation. But apparently, what from my knowledge, scary was Stephen King's sixth novel, his shortest novel, and he was planning on fucking being done writing at that point because he was like he'd written five novels before that. They had gotten nowhere. Rejection, rejection, rejection. <laughs> Fuck you, Stevie. And. <laughs> And so he wrote Carrie, a short novel that he honestly thought was just like, meh, okay. Like, there's not a whole lot going. The plot line is pretty straightforward. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. It is brilliant. Yeah. But he just thought, like, this is me just kind of fucking phoning it in, and then I'm going to be done, and I'm going to go get another fucking job. Or keep working wherever the fuck he was working. And just be done with it. And then Carrie got picked up, and then he's Stevie fucking King, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that has always stuck with me of being, like, someone that we all like think of as like one of the biggest writers, like the most, one of, one of the most recognizable names. Mm -hmm. and, like he was rejected so many times, but he just kind of kept at it. It's always been very yeah. inspirational. Yeah. I don't know any, any author or any artist, really any, any creative yeah. that's ever like just got picked up on the first time that no, wasn't right. a Nepo baby. So everyone else has been shit canned constantly. Yeah. Yes. Like we finally get somewhere and we're like broken and bruised. And we're like, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Please, yeah. Hire <laughs> We've me. seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. And then we're almost like surprised that anyone likes us. We're like, really? We're like, wait, <laughs> I got the job? What? <laughs> finally. Yeah. I, I made a hundred dollars. You know, it's like we're <laughs> begging for scraps. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. exactly. That's the thing. So. But you got to keep doing it. I mean, it goes with, like, for any art, like, writing exactly. and stuff like that. It's, like, you have to both consume the art and mm -hmm. do it constantly. Yeah, and practice it and build your craft. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't even matter what it is. Visual art, music, like, music. writing, everything. Yeah. You have to both do it and consume it. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I think yeah. any anything that has, like, some kind of, like, lofty dream, like, any, you know, attached to it, you just have to keep at it. <laughs> yeah. Don't <laughs> give up. Yeah. Don't give up. <laughs> You might make it. Don't give up. like inspirational. Have you guys ever seen that video where it's like the little boy and he's like, he's telling kids that like they can ride their bike if they just believe in themselves. Oh my god! Yo, I'm gonna look for it and link it below. He's like, he's like, he's like, if you believe in yourself, you can ride your bike. And then he goes like, rock and roll. Oh my gosh. It's rock and roll. We all need to know that we can ride our bikes some days. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's like, I wonder what he's doing now. I'm sure he's probably like an adult now. I hope that he's like a motivational speaker. <laughs> really I hope he learned how to ride a bike. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I hope he can still ride. Yeah. He's just a snake oil salesman. He's like a motivational speaker. He's like telling you you can ride your bike, but he really can't, you know? He's he still like can't ride a bike. <laughs> He's a big grifter, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> grifter. Grifting is one of my favorite words. <laughs> Grift. Um, so this is like your yeah. first published book. Like, mm-hmm. um, are you planning any more like future like books in the future? Yes. So I'm working on a I'm working on a nonfiction project right now. It's called Mutt, and it's about being like white passing indigenous. So kind of like how to really like find your I'm Mohawk myself, how to find like your Mohawk identity whilst being white passing and living with white privilege in a very colonized world, right? So it's kind of between those two things. Um, So it's like a mixture of like short prose, poetry. Um, I want to have some like interviews and stuff in there as well. Um, But yeah, it's still a work in project progress, but it should be out next spring. So yeah, that's yeah. that's cool. That's cool. I mean, I guess we yeah, we should tell people like yeah, you know that's yeah. <laughs> like I know you because we went to high school and my like more my high school which isn't even Moira anymore. It's they like what East Side or something. East Side. East Side. East Side. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Yeah, and that's that's where every everyone that lived you know in Tigandanega territory that's where they went to high school. Yeah. Because yep. they had the Mohawk busing. Yeah, Mohawk busing. They had the Mohawk language program. They had the Tanjane, uh Mohawk uh, student council. Yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I, I got to experience a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm white. So, you know. I feel like people who went to Moira, they had more of a more mohawk culture than anyone else you know <laughs> like at any other high school right? <laughs> it's true i mean even like going to elementary school in mm-hmm. belleville um yeah. because we still we would go to like tindanega school to compete in sports and like, that yeah. kind of thing like we'd have to bust to the reserve and that kind yeah. of stuff you know now i live in hamilton where it's just white people around me yeah but you're not that far from six nay though yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I think indigenous education uh, should be in all schools, like yeah. and mix. Like I feel like exactly. together, taught together mm-hmm. both cultures, not a separate class for this and a separate class for that, but to yeah. build relationship and to for like white colonists to know their wrongdoings and uh, to even like see the turmoil that it has on their peers. I think that's really important. It's Canadian really great history class. Early. It should yeah. start like right away, not like when grade six. Like, no, no, like no. I want grade one. We, I want yeah, we didn't two. learn no. it until high school. No, like, I didn't learn like, it in high school. I'm sorry. Moira's Canadian history for whiteies uh was <laughs> real bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's the thing. It should be necessary and it shouldn't be this like segregated classes of like, oh, like we'll have a history class for the indigenous kids because a lot of the indigenous kids already know the real history. <laughs> they right? do. Like, like yeah. I just grew up knowing everything and it's like, and I'm trying to tell other people and they're like, mm, I didn't learn that. Must be right? Like, they <laughs> Why are you lying? Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's not what we learned. Yeah. To create like actual, actual reconciliation and an actual like better future it needs to be known because instead there's like there's so many white people who are just extremely fucking racist and have all these have all these mixed ideas of of even indigenous rights and stuff like things Mm -hmm. like that and like oh my goodness and the ones who do know are self we're self-teaching like we have to learn it ourselves like it's because it's not in school 
No, no. It's funny that these ignorant people go to the reserve, forget their smokes and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I no, no, yeah. <laughs> like I, I worked at smoke shops for years, for years, for years. And like, that was always the thing that was so crazy. You'd literally hear someone saying something racist to you while they're asking for cheaper cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, can you hear yourself right now? And yeah. like, and honestly, I would say, I would say to people too, like, it's a privilege that we even let you on the res because there's mm-hmm. some res they don't there's some reses that are yeah. not you know and and but it would just go right over right over the head yeah well, my favorite is the yeah. white people that try to pretend they're not racist by saying they're like a quarter or an eighth or a sixteenth <laughs> of something yeah. and i'm like that they, they said that they were part and they're not even yeah it's like say anything mm-hmm. is a language Tell yeah. me, tell what like, do you say? Anything. anything. Yeah. Say anything. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me a single relative of a, of, of a, you know, that's still like, <laughs> yeah. What was the name of the reserve you're for? Like the yeah. area you lived in? Like what? That's all, yeah. That's always a thing that is second that they have to make a connection to any relatives. It's like, mm, we weren't really close to any of my family. And it's like, this is yeah. bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like not being close to your family is a really big white trait, actually. Yeah. Like, we yeah. You know what's really gross (laughs) is that we have some politicians who are faking it, like they're pretending that they're um, Aboriginal and they're not. Like in Alberta, Daniel Smith (laughs) um, (laughs) lied and said she was part of it. Yeah. It's absolutely unhinged and just like, I have no words. I have no words, but we're seeing it happen so much more often these days. And it's just like, what the this not even what being hidden anymore. Like yeah. <laughs> this can't be real life. Completely ignorant, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And like, who just wakes up one day and is like, "I'm gonna pretend to be indigenous" because like, yeah, <laughs> like you gotta have more sway. <laughs> yeah, because they're grifting. They're grifting. It's so easy to find out. Like everyone has the internet. Anyone can ask. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Too you guys, easy. yeah. Are they from your res? Like, do you know them? <laughs> like, no. No. they're grifting they're grifting i love yes. they're That's big grifters yeah full circle, full circle over here <laughs> yeah well i f- i also feel like you know like i keep bringing it back to women's rage because that's like my, my topic nowadays yeah. uh but like the fact that it's coming from like an indigenous perspective because i yeah. do feel like even though women's rage is becoming like a big top like a big genre it is mainly from a white woman's perspective yeah you know, like a lot of the music is either done by white women or books written where the defaults, the white, you know, white woman yeah. or like even horror movies. It's like white women. It's like, yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's like nice to have that different perspective, uh, you know, intersectional feminist, you know, exactly. <laughs> I think it's so right? I think it's so important. Right. Because we're seeing I mean, the amount of like missing and murdered indigenous women. And we're seeing I was just going to say that, you know, we're seeing it constantly how like it's just they're not treated with respect. They're not treated with the same. We're not, they're not treated with the same searches, the same anything. Like it's just, Oh, oops, sorry. We can't, we can't search that landfill or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. or she climbed into that dumpster or we're seeing things like this constantly. And like, they're, it's such a, it's such a huge part of my rage. And, mm-hmm. and I think that it's, it's a, it's a part of women's rage that isn't, it's never really been fictionalized, I don't think. And so I think that it's, but it's an important message, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because Before. it's, I mean, you see it constantly, it's, it's constant, like in all out West, like it's indigenous girls and women go missing and 
the amount so like I, I went into like such um in-depth research on like of all like the different cases of missing and murdered women as I was writing this book and the amount that it's like oh they were found in a super like suspicious situation like oh they were found naked in a ditch and the police are like not suspicious <laughs> yeah yeah she just or, chose to take off her clothes and yeah you know was brutally assaulted but like that's just normal and right. fell asleep in a ditch and just died like and just died or or like or yeah something like that and they'll be like oh i think it was suicide and it's like are you fucking kidding me like it's just the audacity and just the blatant the blatant disregard is it's mind yeah. it's mind-blowing and it wouldn't happen to white women no That's it wouldn't thing, no. you know we would be known if there was suffocation, like that is suspicious. But when it's you get a someone whole who's history. Aboriginal, it's like, yeah. no, that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Brutal. It's disgusting. Yeah. Or or yeah. families, families having to search for their loved ones instead of police doing the fucking work. Like, like families having to demand that police do the most basic, basic searches and they just brush it off like that happens constantly as well so there's a lot of aspects of that in this book too and like because that's so prevalent yeah i mean there's a lot of anti-indigenous sentiment built into policing built yeah. into social work exactly. built into the canadian institutions like the rcmp you know like mm-hmm. it's built in like the systems are built that way they're they're yeah. doing what they're supposed to do they actually. Are. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. like that's exactly yeah that's where it's messed up for mm-hmm. sure it's, it's so disgusting and and that's the thing like that's but that is the truth of it right and so yeah. like that's why they don't really say anything so like we're just doing our jobs yeah technically they <laughs> which are is which is disgusting. Oh, yeah. they're doing what the tax the taxpayers are doing yeah yeah <laughs> exactly but yeah it's fucked up so you yeah. mentioned you're doing all this research for your upcoming book um mm. and types of different types of writing do you have an education in literature or is this just something you've learned on your own on the go? I went to school for journalism, actually. Oh. Um, yeah, so I, uh, it's funny. I really wanted to go to school for creative writing in BC. <laughs> and my mom, I was like 17 at the time, and like she refused to let me even apply. And it's still, <laughs> you know, as an adult, looking back and being like, why didn't I just apply? Yeah. <laughs> you were gonna be an adult like what could she do you know like I was I was on the precipice of being an adult but I didn't even apply and so like that but that was always my goal of going to actually like UBC for creative writing UBC has done some shit since like mm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was meant to be I guess shade, shade but like um but uh I ended up going to Ryerson for journalism and it was it was good. Like I, I always kind of missed creative writing, but I do think that being like a trained journalist made me a tighter writer. <laughs> that makes sense. Actually. Butthole yeah. emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that not exist? Also, like, is there a butthole emoji? There should be. Do the, like, 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 the peach. Do the balloon. Because then you could be like balloon nut. hole. <laughs> or starfish. Oh yes, starfish. Love it. Yeah, I like that one. That works. That works. <laughs> Do you want to tell us where people can find you yes. and your where your book? Yes. So they can. So they can go to ginsexwith.com. That'll have like all my links, links to buy everything. We might be getting an Amazon exclusive. Ooh. Um. So like kind of keep posted, but um, also like you can follow me at Jen Sexsmith. Basically everything is just Jen Sexsmith. Jen Sexsmith on Twitter, Jen Sexsmith on Jen Sexsmith on Instagram, JenSexsmith.com, the whole nines. Yeah. 
And all those links will be in the description below. So it's it makes it easier for the listener <laughs> yeah. to find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I like said my last name in a weird way. <laughs> so, like Smith. Smith. I don't know how to spell that. <laughs> Me either, honey. <laughs> we talked about it before the episode. Yeah. Because I thought it was yeah. a pen name. I was like, that's <laughs> such a good pen name. But then I found out it's your real name. And I was like, that's even better. <laughs> I know I always get that the people are like oh it's kind of a weird alias you've chosen <laughs> it's like it would be if it was an alias however yeah, like, I, I had to go through a lot of years of brutal bullying I earned this <laughs> fair because like I, I, I was telling them I was like I because re- I hung out with your brother more yeah. in high school so like yeah. I remember like everyone making fun of his name um they used to tell him that he was the blacksmith of sex exactly I got that a lot too. right <laughs> well, eventually i that guess sounds like it yeah. would be cool though like but in no. high school we're i don't know sex was all weird but was also we wanted to do it i don't <laughs> yeah. know it's like it was hidden beneath like blankets Although, yeah. on couches right yeah <laughs> like, like i got pregnant major is weird <laughs> like you're just like fumbling through life you're like i don't know what i'm supposed to do this yeah <laughs> i got pregnant and i was the biggest slut ever and i'm like i had sex with two people, people like, like <laughs> what are you talking about i knew people that oh. had sex with more people i'm sorry they don't have evidence yeah, like, I'm sorry. I, it just stuck with me okay <laughs> i'm sorry this one didn't go away <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. it's one of those for realsies <laughs> It wasn't it's just because you had evidence that you had sex. Okay, yeah, just that I was know, it. Right? And I was also like a legal adult, and it was still weird because I was like in <laughs> high school, 18, and they're like, yeah. How dare you? And I'm like, What have I you been doing? Vote. I see what you've been doing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. So uh I, thank you so much, Jin, for coming on. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited for your book. I'm excited to like personally know an author like now so don you're also supposed to be writing so you yeah, should get on Don that Marie. so i know two authors <laughs> thank you i appreciate because i like to name drop baby okay. what are you working on right now what are you working on oh it's it's a it's a work in progress that's for sure um <laughs> it's a dark romance and it's like college based and it's um a hockey player and yeah it's just it's a work in progress this is why i had to read the back of my book because i'm like i'm the same way i'm like it's like i don't know that's for sure yeah. that's gonna be interesting so i can can i write your blurb you can write my blurb oh, i'll totally write your blurb I'm i'll really blurb the excited. shit out of it I'm all right you're also yeah. gonna be my like narrator like I'll do it both. I'll do all the talents. You just write the book. Just the I'm thing. just gonna be my graphic designer. She's gonna be my illustrator doing my cover because I can't do that. I love it. I, I love just it. use Kavna. Like I like I, <laughs> you guys think I'm so talented. I'm not. <laughs> I just well, you have at least a good like six months to a year before I actually get this done. Um <laughs> giving you time. She's giving you time to improve yourself yeah <laughs> so i don't i don't use like, a cabinet as a welter craft right? woman welded it's just women use your women's rage yeah. <laughs> use it okay well
Well, I'm going to end it here. I would say thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Jen, for coming on. And again, if you're watching our YouTube, you can see her link scrolling along the bottom as well. So you'll find all her, her links uh, clickable in the description below. And, uh, and yeah, so thank you again. And I'll see you next week with a new indie author. Good night. It was a pleasure. Nice to meet you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a new episode of Opinionated Lushes every Friday on all streaming platforms. And unedited episodes Saturday on YouTube. Have a cocktail suggestion? A topic of interest? A good drinking word? Feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us at opinionatedlushes at gmail.com. See you next week. Don't forget your drinks. And your opinions.